Welcome to Conversations with Claire. I'm your host, Claire Bates. I'm a movement, nutrition, and mindset coach through my app, Wellness with Claire. Podcast host, coach at The Collective in Austin, Texas, sober alcoholic, brand builder, and competitive hybrid athlete. I've created this podcast to share inspiring stories and have meaningful conversations in hopes that we can create community together to learn and grow. Oh, and I hope to make you laugh. <laughs> Welcome to Conversations with Claire. Let's talk about coaching and how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. Wellness with Claire is my very own coaching platform where I offer personalized meal plans, personalized workout plans based on your goals, accountability through community and weekly group coaching calls, mindset coaching and tracking features for results. I also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching, which gives you full app access, direct access to me via WhatsApp and 100% accountability with me, including weekly video calls. Wellness is a mental, physical and spiritual experience. The system works together as a whole, and I'm here to help you live in alignment with your principles and values and actualize a quality of life beyond your current dreams. Check the show notes or the links in bios on socials to find more information about how to get involved with Wellness with Claire today. Problem. So with that being said, welcome back. Thank you for being here. And I am sitting here today with Aaron Alexander of Align, The Align Method. He is the author of the book, The Align Method, which is a modern movement guide for a stronger body, sharper mind, and stress-proof life. He is also the host of The Align Podcast, which is how I originally knew of him. And that is a place where he brings together the world's top thought leaders on all things health, and wellness to share their views on living optimally. That'd be you. Yeah, I guess. I always find all of my sphincters moderately clench up anytime I hear someone actually reading the copy from the book or the, you know, the the copy from the podcast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's what we wrote. So that's what it is. <laughs> Bios are weird. <laughs> Having to write like this is who I am, like to define yourself or to define your work feels mm. very weird because you are a human that I'm is ever-changing. Yeah. It's also a good thing, having some level of containment. But I think it's important for me to have, and most people, to have a balance of structure with fluidity. You know, so that's like the whole conversation, like masculine, feminine, if you want to use language like that. But having a container to hold your creative zest within. Mm -hmm. And so having the structure of like, yeah, who am I? What do I do? What's my ethos? What do I stand for? Yeah. And then also within that being like, well, I'm also this like fluid, you know, fun unicorn snowflake, you know, but without the container, then it's going to be problematic probably for most people. You're just not going to get anything done. You're not going to go, you'll have no direction. We're going to pivot because that takes me to your rainbow snowflake. Was that a rainbow snowflake that you just said? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that reminds me of this story that I now have to tell you about an interaction I had. I was in a, uh, a 12 step situation and, and this woman was talking about, how we eventually grow wings, right? And so the entire remainder of that hour, I'm sitting there thinking about my wings because I'm a human and I'm just going to direct it right back to me. And so at the end of, of the session, I'm talking to this guy, love him. He's like a dark cloud that you just love. Like he's just Eeyore, right? I love him. Anyway, he, so I'm speaking with him afterwards and I was like, okay, so I'm thinking about my wings. I think my wings are black because I'm like a bad bitch. But then sometimes my wings are like, rainbows and he goes claire your wings are sparkly rainbows mm, well you know you can transform your wings you, know, you, right. got, you got that kind of power visualization so powerful <laughs> yeah i've been doing some somatic therapy okay recently it's the first time i've really felt actually engaged in a desire to do in quotes quotations therapy and because I've actually felt like a sense of urgency is like, oh, man, like I need to change. I have been afraid of intimacy has been a big thing. I would say my whole adult life. And 
in doing that, working with a somatic therapist, his name's Michael Gay, he's great, going through certain exercises, it's amazing if you allow yourself the spaciousness to actually like listen to what the body is feeling and saying. I mean, I think generally collectively, maybe speak for myself, maybe certain like aches and pains and kind of like unidentifiable, like nebulous, like fuzzy pains in my body, such as like maybe my back or my shoulder blades, or you're just like, what is that? Is it like a musculoskeletal thing? Or is mm-hmm. it like emotional? Like, what the hell is that? But it's mm-hmm. been there for a while. I don't know how to address it. And in the process of working with this therapist, I've had the, the opportunity to be able to like listen into those parts in a deeper way, which I think there's a lot of preparation to go into that to be able to listen to the body in a deeper way and opening up into like, holy shit, like this part of me is communicating all of this stuff from my freaking childhood around like fear, sadness, a lot of like fear of being hurt. And this bracing pattern that I've had for a very, you know, as long as I can remember that I've physically stored in my body. And through this process of, you know, somatic therapy, I'm starting to be able to pinpoint some of those areas, listen to some of those areas, ask those areas questions, and then actually, and then like, tears and like you know all the things and then feeling this sensation of like levity and lightness afterward is very very interesting you didn't ask a question about somatic therapy but i don't even know why i started telling you about that but that's something that's exciting in my life right now so there you visualization go visualization is how we oh, yeah, got visualization there. right right yeah. no so but visualizing I... these parts might like visualizing and being able to actually have a, a visual interpretation this is like gestalt therapy is, is kind of is a practice they do within that but taking this nebulous emotion or feeling or sensation mm-hmm. that you might feel overwhelmed by and visualizing it, putting some definition around it so you can actually start to harbor a conversation and connection with it. Yeah. It's crazy how powerful it is. Yeah. That makes me think, too, of the idea that like our language limits our ability to understand our experiences. And so if I can't really articulate to you like what's going on with me, like at my ability to understand my own experience is kind of limited to that mm-hmm. is an interesting concept. And so expanding our vocabulary and our awareness of our emotions so that we can understand our experiences is like a really cool journey. Yeah. Words are like containers for our thoughts and mm-hmm. feelings and expressions. Mm-hmm. And like being able to call it something other than anger is powerful. Like it suddenly takes on a new and different meaning and maybe it's not just this, but it's actually this. Yeah, if you just call it anger or whatever, the, or you have just like very or... crude definitions right. of things right. that doesn't actually really explicate the totality of the sensation. Mm-hmm. All you have is this one crude word. Mm-hmm. And so then every time you, you repurpose it. that one crude word, you actually enforce that sensation. And you're like, oh, yeah, anger. Like, yeah, this, I guess this is just anger. Even though it feels a little off, Different. you're like, let's yeah. just cram this really highly nuanced sensation into the container we call anger yeah. because I just don't have any other tools right. to be able to break it down. Right. Okay. Or so open up to it. We definitely got into some things that are like current for you that I'm, we just like kind of touched on and we're going to come back to, but I want to kind of back up a little bit and just for you as there'll be a number of my listeners that maybe are familiar with you. And then there'll be some that are not. And for you, you did write this book and you have this podcast, which by the way, has how many episodes out now? I don't know, 400 something. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. So you've been in the wellness space for a minute. And so I wanted to just kind of start off with like, when did you kind of know that like existing in the wellness space professionally and that kind of being your identity, like when did that start to become a very real thing for you. And then of course you've been on a journey through that and been learning and shifting and changing as you go. But like, that's the, I guess the container you're in. Right. And so when did you jump into that container? Like when did you know wellness was your thing? I started, thanks for pairing. I would try to like keep responses to questions like this as like relevant to other people listening as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. But I started getting into health, wellness, training, all that stuff as like a 15 year old. 14 year old. So I was very insecure, went through a bunch of like interesting instability, my home life situation, talk about it in the book and other places. So it's not like a weird thing. My dad started smoking crack and created like a lot of instability at home. And the, now he's doing amazing. We have a great relationship. You know, it's like kind of a miracle actually. Yeah. But during that time frame, I would say that I compensated with physicality. So my 
material home situation felt unsafe. And so to compensate for that, I leaned into my biological home and started enforcing as like rapidly as I possibly could. Yeah. And so I did that. I did it in a very imbalanced way. Got really obsessed with bodybuilding, led to just like a whole plethora of different injuries and shoulder dislocations and an ankle dislocation and just like chronic pain and all this different stuff. And then that led to, I was doing personal training with people at, I got my first like training certification, whatever, when I was 16, started working at LA Fitness and, you know, essentially it's like teaching people how to be as imbalanced as I was. Yeah, sure. You know, reach their goals through yeah. imbalancing themselves like me. And then just through like my own implosion on myself from like a physical and also just kind of feeling like not at home, my body, I guess you could say. Yeah. Seeking out other practitioners, you know, and I got, went to school for, went to school for psychology for a bit, went to school for massage therapy, went to school for rolfing, which is another form of manual therapy. Mm -hmm. It was just like a lot of like, how do we put the pieces back together? Right. And then that turned into getting into social media and the podcast like eight years ago or so. And then it became more about how do we start to package this information so people can work with themselves. Yeah. So are you from Austin or? No, Pennsylvania. Okay. Lan Lancaster, Amish country represent. Okay. How long ago did you move to Austin, Texas? A year and a half from LA. Oh, okay. And then how long were you I'm in the LA? problem. Five years. Then before that, other places. Okay. So you've bopped around a bit. I'd be bopping. Happy bopping. Yeah. <laughs> How you be like in Austin? <laughs> oh, Austin's good. Yeah, it's good. You know, it's not that interesting, I think, geographically. Yeah. No ocean, no mountains. Yeah. A lot of people are here as political prison POWs, I think, where they're like, whatever their situation, they're like refugees rather, not POWs. <laughs> refugees. Maybe some POWs. But they're like leaving, like I left California because I'm like, this is whack. Like, I don't like how opinionated y'all are. That was my main thing. I'm like, bro, I don't care about your vaccine or whatever. Just don't talk to me about my health. Okay. I'm good. Yeah. 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 So that's and taxes. There's a lot, funny. there's a lot, a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Obviously a lot of people have fled here to get kind of space to be able to do whatever they're doing. And it seems to be working quite well. It's, yeah, it's definitely different than my trajectory here just because I genuinely wasn't looking to come here. And so getting plopped here was funny because Why'd now- you get plopped here? I was asked to move here by a, a brand that I was cultivating a relationship with. And then unfortunately there were just some changes that had occurred. And mm. so I was not retained with oh, the company, wow. but we like, we're good. I mean, they got me to do this move well, and I did. And then now I get to do my sometimes. own thing. A lot of times things that don't like having excessive attachment to, okay, this is why I'm here. This is what I'm doing. That's the thing where it's like too much containment without an enough flexibility mm -hmm. can also lead to friction. And so within that, it's like, cool, it doesn't matter why I'm here or why, like how, like how I got here, I'm here. And so I think that's a, you know, that's a, it's a, a healthy personality type to be able to be flexible with all of that and not be like so attached to certain concepts. Yeah. I think, I think what one of the things like from that experience that I would say was one of my big takeaways was putting into practice all this stuff that I had been learning about, like not being reactive mm. and trying to be, to sit back. So in that moment, when all of that unfolded the way that it did, which was very different than the way that I anticipated that it would unfold, it was like, okay, this seems like a pretty cool spot to be. And you feel purpose in this space. So did it go the way you wanted it to go? No. But maybe instead of reacting out of emotion, maybe you just sit with this for a minute and take those daily actions that you know are good for you. Try to eat nutrient-dense foods. Try to move your body. Try to get community here because you know that you don't do well in isolation and things like that. And then just like see where all of this actually unfolds. What happens to you in isolation? I'm a very social creature. I also do recharge when I'm away from people. So I have found solace in like being alone as well, but I need a lot of social interaction. Like I need to feel like we connected. I need to feel like I did something for you in order for me to feel good about myself. That's just the truth. What do you think it'll take for you to, to, or do you think that that's actually a healthy adaptation that is just serving you? Or do you think there's something that could be experienced, learned, done, whatever to move through that? I think that the trajectory that it's on is good and I'm at peace with that. Cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think I have, I, have... I have similar sensations mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, like I'm not, I'm not that good with that personally. I'm like, I'm like, oh, like I would like a little, a little more autonomy. Yeah. I think for that... myself, nothing to do with any, you know, projection on you or anything, but that, that's yeah. like, I have certain level of envy around like lone wolf 
type people Mm -hmm. where they're like, bro, just give me a, you know, a a buck knife, fishing pole, you know, and (laughs) a couple Uh, porno mags and a cabin in the woods. I'm good for two weeks. And and I'm like, bro, I'm not, I'm not, I can be. And if I push myself into the situations, which I, I have, and I continue to do because it's like the hardest work, quote unquote work for me. But I do recognize a pattern in myself to put like AA type terms on it, like love addiction, I think, and craving like validation of cool. Like, am I lovable? Do you love me? You know, like I need that reflection from the outside. And I think a part of that is still just like deeper work to be done from my internal experience. That's the way I feel. Well, yeah. And you've been on this journey here recently where you've really been trying to take a look at and unpack the origins of those things. So like, of course, this is going to eat up a lot of your mental energy, which I just like love this being a part of your story right now. I I don't love it because I know the discomfort is like infuriating. So I'm sure there have been moments for you throughout this past handful of months that you've been on this journey or however long it's been Mm. that like, it's been like really frustrating, but also like that pain bears beauty in its wake is a very real thing. And so I will say that like, it's been cool. I've only known you the first time we met was what a couple, maybe few months ago. So it hasn't been that long, but I already feel as though I can see shifting occur within you. And I don't know if that's just me being me or if that's actually taking place, but I feel like I'm witnessing that from the first day that I met you to now. Yeah, I feel that. And I think a lot of that looks to me like curiosity, which I think you've generally been a really curious person, but like maybe like curiosity, like openness to okay, maybe my ideas aren't serving me in this area and I should be open to other ideas. Yeah, I think there's just more humbleness and less pride, which pride ultimately is a manifestation from, I think, probably protection, Mm -hmm. like shielding. Mm -hmm. I'll shield something softer with pride. You've been checking out some different 12-step programs and things like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, well, all right. So I don't know how I'm supposed to talk about this thing. I don't do well in institutions. So I'm just, I'm not a fit for instance. Like I get that about myself. Most institutions I've been like shown the door. No. Uh, And this is one of the reasons why. But anyways, in my experience in meandering through some certain like 12-step scenarios, one of the things that I have found to be really beautiful about that is the just like deep dirt ground level humbleness, yep. which also can, I think, become its own like shadow toxic version of that where you're like, okay, at some point, bro, you got to like grow as well. Like you can't just be the dirt. Right. There's also, it's like, cool, this is great. You're very vulnerable. You're very humble. You're like, I'm a piece of shit. I've ruined everything. Everyone that is like, okay, like, wow, like awesome. Now we're at this crude level where we can grow from there. Right. And that was something that through exposure to, some groups like that where I was just like, whoa, like here the trend is deep, radical vulnerability. Whereas most of the world, the trend is more like, I don't want to be excessively show too much of these soft parts because I don't want you to perceive me as weak, even if it's a subconscious kind of operating system. Sure. For me as a guy, I think there's certain fear around If I show too much vulnerability in these parts that I feel insecure about, I feel ashamed about, I'm afraid of, I think my deepest fear around that would be if you get that for me, then you will see me as like a weak player and you won't want me a part of like your team. Mm -hmm. And so I'll mask that. And then within that, I'm kind of like, I think, you know, I can end up feeling a little bit like suffocated in my own pride. So let me ask you, since I feel I feel like you have been choosing to be more vocal about some of the things that you're struggling with navigating, like what's your experience like been with that so far? Which part? Um, Just like being vocal? I don't think I'm overly vocal with things. You know, I, I try to like be fairly nebulous. I mean, there's not, I, mean, I, I don't really have anything crazy going on in my, you know. Well, but you've touched on the fact that, okay, so this validation, this exterior validation, this like love addiction situation that you're kind of yeah. navigating. Which love addiction, I'm resisting around specific titles, but okay. but yeah, that's for a lack of better words. General, like we're working through it, so we can yeah. call it whatever we want, but looking at this and then openly speaking to other people about it, which you have been doing, mm. if the pride was saying like, don't talk about stuff because I don't want to be perceived as not masculine or not strong. I don't yeah, like want to be weak. perceived as weak, but you have been communicating a bit more of that 
how has that been going? Like, how has that been oh, it's being so cool. received? It's so cool because when a person, I think most any person that's maybe discussed something that they feel insecure about, I would imagine, at least that's this is my like very consistent experience. When you start to share parts like that, typically the trend is a whole bunch of people around you all raise their hand. You're like, oh, bro, me too. Yep. And I'm like, what? Like, really? Like, you too? Yep. Like, like, yeah, bro, like the exact same thing. I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, it's like, why didn't you ever tell me? It's like, well, I don't know. It's fucking weird to talk about, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, well, here we are. Yes. <laughs> it's so crazy. That's, I always say, of course, the pivotal moment for me of getting honest with myself and getting honest with others was a little less than two years ago when I got sober from drugs and alcohol. And for me, specifically alcohol, for sure. Although I had substance abuse problems outside of there too, but that was the big one for me. Anyway, finally opening up about that and then about a bunch of a bunch of other things like what that showed me was the moment that I was capable of showing up in the room human enough I gave everyone else the right to be a human too so it's been it's permission slip in a way oh my gosh it's been so cool mm -hmm. like the moment I can just be as as real as I actually am then suddenly I've given you space to be real back and it's this beautiful thing. And like you said, like it happens like every time. It's so cool. It just expedites connection. And I think that's like what we all deeply yearn for and are mm. terrified of at the same time. Maybe not all of us, but me. I know that that's like my patterning. I have like a Buddhist philosophy terms. They call it hungry ghost, which is this mythological creature that has a very narrow gullet and then this big old honking stomach. And this insatiable appetite because they can't get enough. And this is probably very consistent with most people that have like any kind of addiction issues. You can just never be filled up type sensation. And I think for me, or I feel for me, a part of that sensation would be like a fear of being hurt. So thus staying partially closed, that would be the narrow gullet perhaps. Mm -hmm. And then also yearning for connection and so continuing to like need that connection and need that validation from other people while also keeping people at a distance. I'm like clenching and then also have this deep desire and it just becomes this almost like hungry ghost type vibe. I think if a person does do the quote unquote work to be courageous enough to open themselves up to being decimated by being left, by being hurt, by being any of those things, then suddenly they can start to experience the beginnings of satiation. But as long as a person's not in that, like, okay, cool, I'm not willing to actually, I'm playing the game, but I'm not actually putting all my pieces on the board. Right. So I'm always going to be kind of like one foot off the board. It's like, okay, well, you're never going to actually play the game. And so you're right. always going to feel a little insatiable. Right. And it's just so interesting how desperation often has to accompany, like to get us to put both feet on the board. Like we have to feel desperate enough to do it, to be like, all right, screw it. Like my way's not working anymore. So like, whatever, I'll yeah, just You need all your on. wheels to completely fall off. So your wheels fell off? Uh, no, not really. I still have a few wheels on the car. I'm starting to feel into at a heart level, which is this thing I still do like quotations and bunny ears around all that stuff because I do have like a very scientific pragmatic skeptical coat that yeah. I wear yes. probably like a protective mechanism yes but at that heart level if we're opening ourselves up to kind of more gooey language I do acknowledge that I have been afraid throughout my life to be hurt and that is something where the wheels have kind of fallen off on that part like that specific part where I'm like oh yeah like I can't do this alone I need help whatever I'm doing or have been doing to move through that fear that drives so much of my relationships and just decisions in my life. It's not working. I need help. I'd like a resource. I'd like a resource, please. Yeah. <laughs> so, so one of the Thank resources you that you like just recently, you went on this like five day Darkness deprivation retreat. of senses retreat. Yeah, it was a five night, four day. So I went in Wednesday night and came out of the, the darkness. Are you comfortable telling me a bit I'm about that? I'm telling you anything. You, yeah, you can ask me about my butthole manicuring oh, procedure if you want. I won't be asking about that. I, I don't like actually suddenly. have one. <laughs> but if I did, we could me. talk about it. Yeah, well, you know what? We ain't going to talk about it. <laughs> that is not what Conversations for Claire is 
here for or conversations with Claire. <laughs> yeah. I tell people, I tell Eric in particular, I'm like, listen, there are certain things I don't ever need to see. I don't ever oh. need to know. You know, there's like, there's. Oh, you're these, not down with the, no, you're not down with the b-hole? I mean, I just like, for example, like using yeah. the restroom, like I never need to know like how that experience is going for you. Yeah. Ever. We've officially pivoted <laughs> to an area that I wasn't anticipating going and I'm yeah. very uncomfortable We're here. going in the darkness here. But I'm also, what I have learned is like, I'm a very prude person, apparently. <laughs> when you get down to it, I'm a prude. Oh. So yeah, I, I, am I comfortable speaking about that? No. Based off of your body language, the answer is no. Are my crafts in my Everything's ears Everything's tightening up a little <laughs> bit. This is great. Let's yeah. breathe in. Like, where do you feel this in your body? This is interesting. What do you feel in your body right now? Discomfort. I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to back out of this terrain? We can back out and talk about whatever we were talking about before. But now we're, I mean, I feel like we're kind of committed to prostate. At least navigating through this for probably another 60 seconds or so, I would say we're going to be in it. What was the initial question? Have you ever stimulated a man's prostate? I'm like a 30-year-old like like woman. Partner. I don't even need to answer that question. <laughs> oh, good. I think it's so important. There's so many places. I was like, I was like, hold on, what does that mean? There's so many places. We have so much. I don't know about we, but like I, you know, most people I know, there's so many places of like shame around the body. Oh yeah, yeah. And that I think that would be another example of that. Like, there's mm -hmm. okay, we can talk about all like this emotional stuff, and oh man, I'm ashamed of this, that, and the other, whatever the thing is. But what about physical body shame? Okay, yeah. And that would be an example. Like the even the idea of talking about a butt. You're like, oh. Oh, oh, oh God. It's yeah. like, it's one of the most important aspects of your body. If you have issues there, like you're going to have problems. Oh, speaking with my clients, I'm very <laughs> comfortable talking about bowel movements Good. <laughs> and speaking about all sorts of, yeah, that's a different, because we're trying to make sure that our quality of life is optimized. And so that's something we should probably take a look at. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's different than. Well, what about sexuality? Yeah. What about sexuality? It's another one of those places that culturally yeah. speaking. I think there's a lot of shadow yeah. and shame. And then if you look at, at least from a statistical lens around, you know, where do we put that shadow and shame? We put it with ourselves when we're alone and no one can see. And then you look, okay, well, now let's just look at porno, which dominates the internet. And it's just getting like weirder and nastier and stranger. And if you go to places like the South where it's like, you know, racism or whatever, suddenly you see, well, there's a lot more porn with black guys out there. Hmm, very interesting. So these things that on the face uh -huh. are like hard no, mm -mm, not in my country, not in my house. Uh -huh. And it's like, well, let's just wait until you're alone and these shadowy aspects okay. of yourself start to manifest themselves in whatever weird ways they do. Uh -huh. And I feel the solution to most things is is open, non-judgmental communication. And if there's a thing that makes everyone pucker up a little bit. To me, my nature is, oh, everybody puckered up with that? Oh, interesting. What's there? Yeah. Which yeah. isn't, and sometimes I can push too far and mm -hmm. it can feel on the edge where I'm like, oh, maybe I'm being disrespectful. I'll, I'll back up. But that's just my nature is to be like, oh, interesting. Like, where are we uncomfortable? Okay, let's just hang out here for a while. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely lean into that heavily and probably make a lot of people pretty uncomfortable. It can happen. But I try to be respectful. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel disrespected by you. And you've, you've certainly- How dare you? you said, <laughs> prostate <laughs> on my podcast. Yeah. No, I feel like the very first like at length conversation we had, there were multiple things where you just said like, and now I just know this about you, but like, you're just like, okay, do you think that that's where you need to be with that? Or is that where that will continue to be? Like, you just simply ask questions because I think you're generally curious and people are pretty uncomfortable with being pushed. And I think one of the things what I feel with you that I've already experienced is like, I don't need to have a solid answer. If I don't have one, I don't need to have one. When it's like, I don't know. I feel to me, I feel like I have a tendency of veering more in the direction of a lack of solidity, if that's a word, to my own detriment to a degree. But I have a certain level of, I don't know, like, do we really know that? When someone is overly dogmatic and overly confident about a thing, carnivore is the only way, Yeah, you know, or like yeah. vegan, you're going to hell if you're not a vegan. Right, right, right. I'm like, do you really know that? Like, you sound very absolute with what you're saying, sir. Yeah, yeah. Or miss. Anytime that things get overly absolute, yeah. all of my flags go up. I mm -hmm. think even to my own detriment, because sometimes, I mean, that's something that pe people do like absolute in a way. People follow leaders who have sometimes almost like an insane level of sureness, it's attractive. Yeah. And I kind of veer towards a tendency of like, 
I mean, this is what I feel. Right. But and who knows? I, I've watched my perspectives shift over the years. So how can I really absolutely know what I'm feeling right now is accurate? I think sometimes I could actually use a little more certainty. I could use like a little dose of certainty. Like, bro, like sometimes just, okay. You yeah. Know. But if you don't feel it, you don't feel it. I'm yeah. certainly never going to pretend to be sure about anything unless I like, if it's not real for me, it what's, ain't resonating what's some, with What's you. something that you can remember that you were sure of that you found out six months, two years, 10 years later, like, nope, that was wrong. Let's see. I'm sure there have been many things. I think that one of the great things about moving to Austin for me really has been this like cracking open and exposure to so many different ways to do things within a space I already exist in. So I can think that maybe early on, because I actually was uh, fully vegan for over five years. Nice. Yeah. Wow, that's a long time. That's a long time. Damn. Were you militant? (laughs) It just, at the time, I was looking for a solution for my digestive system. And that I just am an extreme person by nature. So instead of trying by one thing elimination at a time, such as like, I think that I don't digest dairy very well. I just decided to go from consuming lots of it along with other animal-based items to just going completely plant-based like overnight on a whim and then stuck to it for over five years and then started to reincorporate fish first and then eggs and then chicken and was like, oh, all of this is actually seems to be working fine. So during that time frame of, of V, were you a, was it veganism? Or were you just not eating meat? Oh, I should be very clear. Okay, so there are Because I think people, there's a difference there. Yes. So I ate a plant-based diet. I did not consume animal products, period. So plant-based. So if you're like, this is honey, like this is nope. The honey that was the one that I did not agree with. I felt like that was a byproduct of an insect. That's like this thing that some people- I love the rules we make around food. It's the cutest thing. I, thankfully, <laughs> like, thankfully well, today- Wait. Thankfully today, I am in a place where like I try to eat more, less processed, nutrient-dense food. And I avoid dairy because I really don't seem to get along with it. And like, that's it. It was so great. I remember when I went plant-based and I was just looking for a way to digest stuff. But then I found it so frustrating that I existed in that box because then it was everyone would be like, well, she's vegan. And it was like, guys, can we just not draw attention to that? And I'll just like order off the menu and do what I need to do. And just we don't need to talk about it. So when I broke out of the box, I was like so happy to be out of the box. I was like, haha, you can't put me in the box anymore. I think the thing that people really desire with nutritional dogmas, for lack of better words, things mm-hmm. you call them, is community you know like that's like i think the consistent trend across the board there's like the, doesn't matter what you're talking about they want it yeah that's like it. like i think it's one i mean i think community and connection and actual feeling intimacy and feeling heard and seen and loved and having all of that is could be likened to a nutrient and there's like the longest longitudinal study that you've probably heard about it's called the happiness study it was done in harvard it started in like i think 1936 or 39 or something It's still running and it was observing people through the duration of their lives for the last like 90 years. Okay. To see what in your whole life, like an infant up into an old man or woman, what increases your likelihood of diseases or death or obesity or whatever. And what they found that like consistently across the board relationships, like meaningful relationships was the longest lever for longevity and health. Yes. And so if a person feels out of relation, they feel like they don't have someone to show up for or a team or a tribe, or they don't have like that piece. I think humans in a lot of ways are almost like ants. So an ant is like a part of a colony. The mm-hmm. ant by itself isn't really very interesting. It's just like this node that's disconnected from the colony. And I think humans have, we have a bit more sovereignty than an ant and mm-hmm. a bit more capacity to like take on the roles of the other ants where certain ants probably, they probably don't have that type of flexibility. But when we're disconnected from the tribe, I think it really does something funny to the to the human consciousness. Right. Based off of having a study from, you know, Harvard Science. Science verifies that relationships are like the linchpin to health, wellness, and longevity. Well, I love that you spend time there because I'm a very in my feels kind of girl. I'm sure you've already picked up on that. Mm. So like I don't even need the study to prove it to me. I just observe it and feel it and go with it. But there are a lot of people who truly need to be able to see some sort of data to buy into something. And I respect that. I just, it's just a I bridge. Just, yeah, it's a useful tool. Data is a useful tool. I actually do use it all the time with my clients in the gym and in nutrition and things like that. Like, okay, if you give me data, then we can do something with this. So with that, that's funny that you point that out. Obviously, we're, do you think, is society finally saying that loneliness is an epidemic? Like, are we there to where we're, do you know? Because yeah, I feel wholeheartedly as though loneliness is a full-blown epidemic. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it reduces testosterone levels. It throws your whole hormonal panel into like a maelstrom. Like if you feel disconnected, that's there was another study from, oh, I forget where this was, but you've heard, I mean, you've seen the headlines, like loneliness is comparable to smoking like 18 cigarettes a day as far as health. I think it's actually more deleterious to a person's health. It's also likened, I have it all written down, all the notes from it down on my phone actually, but it's considered, there was a study from, I think it was in Britain where it was done. And the suggestion is that loneliness has actually higher consequences to a person's health than being overweight, mm-hmm. smoking, drinking alcohol, like all these different things. Like if you can do all that, but think of a person drinking out, like we think of alcohol across the board, general absolute statement of like, oh, alcohol's bad. You know, it's like, well, alcohol alone in your apartment while you're trying to like distract yourself from deeper feelings and just numb yourself. Mm-hmm. Very different than alcohol at a football game, like soccer football game with 50,000 other fans and you're kissing each other and mm-hmm. you're loving each other and you're mm-hmm. raw and you're like filled with life. Mm-hmm. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you have an allergy to alcohol and then you just shouldn't consume it if you're like me. But yes, yes, well, those are yeah. two very I'm different saying, I'm saying globally speaking, there's yes. exceptions to every rule, but alcohol, food, sex, right. drugs, quote unquote, whatever that means. It's not just alcohol, period, drugs, period, sex, right. period. Right. TV period. Where are we doing this? There's an environment. What is the volume of this that we are doing? Yeah. Yeah. So that was in and that why little. Are, why are we doing this? Yeah. yeah that little uh, carousel that I posted yesterday, nine things to do in 2023. And the very first one I intentionally put it as the first one was cultivate community like your life depends upon it. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Because it does. Yeah. Investing in community, mm-hmm. actually actively, the same way a person would invest in, you get a, an IRA or a 401k or whatever version of index fund you're like actively you get an advisor maybe you get a cfo for your company Mm -hmm. you say cool i need a financial advisor you know point like what do i do with this energy that we call finances we need to put it in the right places i don't want to develop compound interest on my money it's like well you can develop i think you know an even deeper more meaningful version of compound interest in relationships without aware that this can sound i think a little cliche and like inspirational video so I'm trying to like not oh, we go, eat too that up de- here. go too deep no, into that. No, we love it. But relationships are going to be, they're a form of currency, but it's a currency that actually keeps you warm, actually keeps you fed, actually makes you feel fulfilled. Whereas if you don't have that version of like biological connection currency, and you're filled with all of the paper money in the world and all the gold and all the diamonds, you are not going to feel fulfilled. But if you have that deep, loving sensation of family and connection and purpose and like, damn, I'm a part of something bigger than myself, and you don't have a lot of money, you'll still probably be pretty good and you'll be able to create money. But if all you put your energy into is developing that aspect of the self, which financial aspect of humanhood is incredibly valuable and incredibly important, but money doesn't make relationships. Relationships do make money. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, it sounds like that's a longer <laughs> lever towards fulfillment. Right. And like all the things, I should probably lean into relationships. Oh, yeah. That would be my biggest takeaway for this coming year for anyone. If I can look at the things that have the most profound positive impact on, I mean, certainly we can just go there as far as me newly dating someone and allowing them in like to support and encourage me. And it's so cool. It's also terrifying. And I have to regularly be like, okay. I have to let go of that fear to the best of my ability because my reaction, I built high walls. I didn't date for years. Like I was like, huh, I I'm keeping all y'all real far away because I'm safe here without you. But then like the value add that comes into my life by allowing somebody that proximity to me has been a worthwhile endeavor. And I have to like accept fully that like I have no control over that individual and what happens there. And like it could blow up in my face, but it's so good where it is right now that I have to allow it to exist in order for me to get the fruits of the endeavor. You know, you say I'm safe here. The a rhyme came up in my head for whatever reason. It was safe and stranded. I was like, I'm safe here. I'm stranded. Yeah. But I'm safe. I'm safe right. and stranded. Right. Yeah. Like compared to like, okay, like what if we opened ourselves up to like, you will get hurt. If you open yourself up to intimacy, you're going to cry. You're going to get destroyed. For, for sure. It's just a part of it. Right. Right. It's Period. a part of it. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. like, Oh, God. Okay. Well, it's all right. So it's not a, oh, I don't want to maybe possibly. It's like, no, you will. Uh-huh. So do you choose to do it or not? Uh-huh. Do, you, do you choose to open up? You uh-huh. will be destroyed. Yep. Do you choose to open yourself up to that? If you're like, yes, you're like, 
<sighs> okay, now I can pour in. Uh-huh. And you can actually start to cultivate something that feels like fulfillment. Yeah. Okay, so we got to go back to your four day, five night. Yeah, Mary, it was 108 hours, which is funny because of all like Buddhist prayer beads and stuff. I'm not Buddhist, by the way. I referenced Buddhism twice, but I think Buddhism's cool. I think it's very interesting. Why did you do that? And what actually was that experience? I did it because I think one of the things for me that I feel historically a bit like a missing link for me is that capacity to just be with myself without any form of distraction or avoidance. And you can still find avoidance in darkness. It's just there's a lot less like obvious things. My avoidance was like exercise. There was a bathtub, so I cold plunge a lot. I do like theater, which was fun. I had like a whole cycle. You're very theatrical. Thank you. I mean, I think. No, you are. All right. Very good. I'll take that. I received that. Confirmed. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> theater also can be a cover up. People that often as they're very strong, very comedic, very theatrical, very wealthy. Not always. It's not like if you're like have any of these qualities and you're like deeply hurt Obviously. and compensating. Right. But oftentimes, I think sometimes it feels like there's a deficit someplace. Mm -hmm. It can come out in various different orchestrations of mm -hmm. like, wow, that person's like so much love, so much personality, like so much. It's like a lot of them. Yeah. They're like filling the room up. Right, right. Sometimes that can come from a place of actually not feeling like a lot. A feeling of emptiness. Yeah. And yeah. like, okay, I, there's this deep, gonna... insatiable, like mm -hmm. void, empty thing in here that I don't know how to even scratch at it. So I'm going to like, ah, I'm going to like come <laughs> out in these other yeah. ways. Yeah. I see that with, especially like comedians and people of that sort, in which comedians are great because they're so typically very authentic, yeah. very self-deprecating. I was going to say the self-deprecation, like, like, which is relatable, right? They're doing mm -hmm. it on stage. And so they're put, they're like throwing themselves up there and like being willing to be the one that is the butt of the joke. Yeah. But like everybody in the audience is like, oh, I relate to that. Oftentimes comedy is like a balm on top of struggle. Sure. Okay. Back to your experience. Oh yeah. The darkness thing. Into the darkness. I did it because I wanted to challenge myself in that way. If there's ask, if there's like things that I feel are once I, I wrote so first I wrote a, a book, The Aligned Method, like three years ago. And one of the chapters in the book is about how our visual muscles affect our physiology. Okay. And you can play your eyes almost like a toggle switch to affect your autonomic nervous system. Okay. So meaning if myopically focus in on something, your eyes, your retina, all the whole structure is continuous with your central nervous system. So you're literally like orchestrating your brain. Your eyes are your brain, right? And you could also say, I think you could say your skin is your brain and you sure. know, your whole body is your brain essentially. But your eyes, like they're like really like this, like right there. And so when you adjust your vision myopically or taking in the panorama, you're taking in like the whole scene. It's actually, in a sense, tuning your autonomic nervous system to go more into parasympathetic, calm, rest, digest. That would be more like oh, relaxing the eyes, mm -hmm. just kind of like spacing out and taking it all in. That's pulling the switches for the rest of your autonomic nervous system. And then same thing if you're focusing in, if suddenly, whatever, a mountain lion came into the room right now, our vision, if we were just chilling talking about our feels and spacing out and feeling safe, our vision would go whoop, like myopically focus in on that threat. Yeah. And so, and I then I our nervous system. I you first to be like, I really hope he's going to deal with that. Oh, but, good. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's very kind. I would. I've had that experience before, actually. I had one time. A mountain lion. I think I've been around mountain lions, but not in any meaningful way. I just, I live in Colorado for a while. Okay. No, but I had the experience of a... I think I've had a certain level. I think any man probably would have this, probably women as well. I just don't, I don't understand women as well as I understand. I think I understand men based off of like being a dude. But I think that there's a certain level of questioning of like my manhood, my masculinity, my capacity as a protector, my capacity as a provider, all of that. I think it weighs on men. And a part of that is like, what would actually happen if there was an intruder in my house? Mm. Like I have my woman with mm -hmm. me, not that she's my property or whatever, but the woman that I call mine, my partner with me and like, what do I do? Yeah. Do I like look to her, but like, bro, you got this, Yeah. you know, or like, <laughs> call 911. <laughs> like I'm going to the closet, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm not about this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or Generals, do I like, ooh, you do that like relationship over. Yeah, yeah you're, you, <laughs> it's over. I mean, um... You're not coming back from that. 
I suppose it depends upon <laughs> no, you're not coming the partner. Back you're not coming back <laughs> We're very primal people. Uh-huh. And that's why I think even the idea of like my woman, I think that there's in the day and age that we live in, I think there's a lot of probably flags that might go up for sure, some people. Sure. And I think at a deeper, more carnal level, I think most women, I guess, probably mansplaining, whatever, actually like that, where it's like, oh, yeah, like I could be totally incorrect about this. But like, I think you want to be protected. Mm -hmm. I think you want to be supported. I think you want your man to be like, I hold right. this precious thing. Right. It's my responsibility to keep this safe. I mean, I would say that, like, I can only speak for myself, but obviously for myself, I enjoy certain features of gender roles. Like, you do just so happen to have a lot more testosterone than I do. Like, you just do. Anyway, I mean, I, I'm good with that. But obviously that differs from person to person. Yeah. And people get to feel that they want to feel the way that they want to feel about that. And I don't know. I think they'll probably end up we like, a world that they don't actually want to live in, is my feeling. Like if you actually get your wish is like same, same, right. screw gender roles, right. like that is like, okay, all right. Like we'll see how that actually feels for the woman to be in the position of, I got you. So I'm I, the protector. I don't want to live there. No. <laughs> I don't think too many people do. But, but I'm not <laughs> pretending that I do. I'm very aware that I do not. I also yeah. feel though, as though the role as a woman is a really, really powerful position. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you so, run the show. Right. You create and, life. And so, yeah, there's a lot that you we need to do. be protected. You need to be supported. You need to like, OK, like this is the gem. Right. Yes. Like, let's build and the then, infantry around this. Yeah. And then your ability as a woman to support in a different way and empower in a different way is uh, very special. Yeah. Softness allows listening. Ugh, it's beautiful. But if you're a hard like what men do well is protect. Yeah. Keep doing that. Men protect me. well. We take shots well. Women don't comparatively. And you say something like that, it's like, <gasps> yeah. oh my God. Yeah, he said yeah. men do something more effectively than women. That must mean he's saying women are just, you know. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm saying they do so many other things that are so invaluable. And that's the magic right. of masculine feminine. And sure. some women are more masculine and some women are more feminine and yes. some men are more masculine and some are more feminine. Anyways, I don't okay. think too many people disagree with that overall, but I know that there are some that's like, oh, oh gosh, yeah, yeah. You go up in arms in the idea of there being some variation between a, a biological man and a biological woman. Anyways, in this situation, do you want to say anything more about that, by the way? Because I don't want to be overly no. mansplaining. No, we have to get back to your darkness experience. Hold on, I want to tell to. you about the situation. Okay, go ahead, go. So I had finally had the opportunity, which I think secretly most dudes like secretly hope for this. Okay. For an intruder to come into my place and when I was living in Santa Monica, California. And it was like 11.30 p.m. And I'm reading some fluffy spiritual book about fluffy spiritualness or whatever. And I'm with my girlfriend at the time. And she's doing whatever she's doing. And there was a person in our place or in my place that she was staying at. And we're like, we're like, look at each other. It's like, it sounds like there's a person in the living room. And I'm like yeah it really sounds like there's a person in the living room yeah and it was a, a person that suffered some type of mental pathology schizophrenia or something of the sort and he was harmless he was confused but he was in my house yeah and he like opened my door as though it was his house and he was talking about all this stuff i didn't care what he was talking about it was like there's a someone in my house i don't know if they have the weapon i don't know whatever it is and another version that i didn't know existed came out in me that was yeah. like one of the greatest rites of passage that I would ever, because before that you just don't know. Right. Like we live these very soft, topical versions of ourselves. Yeah. It's very like nerf reality. Everything's safe. Someone else has a gun. Someone else has a weapon. Don't worry about any, like you just be soft mm -hmm. and just get to work and kind of keep it, pay your rent. You know, don't make too much noise. And then sometimes something happens where it's like, oh, like this primal animal aspect like all the rules are out and like it's just those deeper parts. I got to have that experience and it was very interesting to see that part come out. Never had that experience before in my life. Yeah, it was this primal like rage that it was like, whoa. Yeah. And like this like yell came out of me that was unlike anything I've ever experienced. I've never yelled like that yeah. before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just grabbed whatever. I grabbed a pull-up bar off of my doorway. Uh-huh. And just turned full caveman, yeah. like full predator. Yeah. 
and just went fucking crazy. <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he just ran. He was like terrified. But it was I was like, I'm like, okay, checkbox. Yeah. If that... someone comes in the room right now, there's a chance I will turn into something else and go insane. Right. Right. Which is like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll that, take that. I'm glad that that went that way for you. And I do believe in a lot of men's ability to do that. But also, I I'm glad that it wasn't any worse to just note that because it could have been a lot worse. They could have actually been like a trained intruder. It could have been really bad. But Prepared. and yeah. then I feel like that's like a place to like plug Tim Kennedy's courses where he actually teaches people how to like respond appropriately when things occur because yeah, I, I don't feel think like, I responded appropriately. Well, <laughs> you, you did just fine. <laughs> grabbed a you did bar just crazy. fine. But he, he does. I think that's actually a course I'm looking forward to taking in the very near future <laughs> because I feel like as much as we do live these very safe, soft lives, like we do not know when on the switch of a dime, like that could all just shift and then something could occur and now you're no longer safe. And like, do you know what to do? Something else that was interesting with that, that was, I think, valuable, like polarity is real. And by being in a relationship with a masculine man or a feminine woman or a masculine woman and a feminine man or whatever, uh-huh. I, 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 from my experience, it will amplify certain qualities in each other. We're not just the same person always. We shift. We're like tuned based off of the people that we're with. Sure. And so that was an interesting thing. I think that if I was alone mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm. and someone came into my place, I like I remember looking over at girl and being like, Okay. Right. Protect. Protect. Right. I think if I was just alone, yep. or if it was, I was with like another guy or something like that, mm-hmm. but if I was alone, I think another version of me could have been like, shut the door, yeah. put a freaking chair up on it, yeah. call the police, yeah. like organize some kind of like weaponry situation so in here. interesting, yeah. Because of the feminine, the pole there in yep. the bed with me, yep. it's just full you know all the weapons come out yeah and a completely different version comes out and i think we do that in relationship and that's why relationship is so powerful yep i like that story thank you for telling it oh yeah 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 thanks for listening mm-hmm. <laughs> um we do have to go back to the dark yeah we have to go back there yeah we'll go into the dark so what do you feel like you got out of that experience so you were you were sensory deprived for five nights four days where you were in the dark and mm. were you alone Okay, so you're alone in a dark room Yeah. for how many hours? I mean, 108 hours is the exact time. I only remember that because I was like, whoa, that's interesting. That's like the, the amount of beads on a, on a Buddhist prayer necklace. Interesting. Yeah. Takeaways. One, a person has much more of themselves, I do, I still do, but like didn't do, than they realize. Like there's more of you than you realize. And so in that, like there's a Walt Whitman quote. He says, I am large, I contain multitudes. And so I think within that, most of us, we occupy the majority of our bandwidth at very consistent, routinized patterns. Mm-hmm. Check the cell phone, eat some breakfast, go for a walk, see my clients maybe, mm-hmm. prepare for the podcast thing, get a workout in, listen to death metal or whatever my thing is when I train. Go back, I do my sauna, and just boom, 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 boom. You just go on on reps, like mm-hmm. a piston. Mm-hmm. And then within that, and then something happens, and suddenly it like, oof, creates this wobble, and it creates depth in the person. But for the most part, we're like, okay, let's get back to that routinization, because yep. that feels good, and that feels safe, and it's true. Yeah. But then with something like like just being alone in a dark room for a while, all of that routine is gone. You have to create a new routine. All potential for distraction in the form of technology, going for a walk outside, observing squirrels or whatever, all of that is off of the table. So all you have is yourself. Mm -hmm. For most people, I presume, or maybe just me, if you allow yourself to go too deep into yourself, you will probably end up encountering certain deep-seated anxieties, fears, and Maybe some like old guilts might come up or just all these things. For me, it's a lot of anxiety. A lot of like anxiety comes to the surface. I'm like, oh, oh, I got to, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And well, it's like, hold on. What, what like, bro, you're just being with yourself. Why is this so hard? And it's like, I, I don't know, but I can't take it. Yeah. And it's like, okay. It seems to me that like scientifically speaking is possible. It seems to me like there's probably something brewing underneath that 
to create that sensation of, of what feels like, you know, anxiety or avoidant behavior, whatever it is. And if you don't have the, the possibility to avoid, because you just have more of you, mm-hmm. it starts to like envelop some of those parts and starts to come to the surface and you actually have to just be with it and address it. Uh-huh. And it comes out as yelling, screaming, kicking, punching, crying, laughing, theater, sweating, yawning, all of these different purgative mechanisms that we have. Everybody's experienced different versions of that. And it just, you just freaking go through like reps of that for a while. It's very interesting. Well, I don't know what you do, but that was my experience. But I think it's because I have a lot of shit. Well, some people are much more like, you know, it's like, wow, this was like really majestic and the most like spiritual, you know, sense of unicity and samadhi that I've ever had. For me, it was a lot more like, oh, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I can just, I'm thinking about, you know, that length of time, 108 hours is a long time. And so I know for myself, I strategically structure my like, allowance of downtime to be only so much because then I need to get back to my what feels like productivity and Mm -hmm. I need to get back to my checklist making and checking off in order to feel like I'm accomplishing what I feel like I need to be accomplishing. Yeah, like you're a a good boy or a good girl. It's important for me. And so if you give me too many days, that's just an interesting thing to think about. Like, thinking about how would I handle that? You know, I, I can just imagine how much time could elapse before I would start to feel these like anxieties that you're speaking about of like, no, but I literally need to be doing something like yeah. now. And then to have to just ride that out. I don't know what that would look like. So do you feel like the experience was one that caused you to grow? Oh yeah. More than anything. I'd say intimate relationships, being hurt and loved and like opening through intimate relationships, the darkness would be the most potent forms of shift that I've ever experienced, like bar none by far. That's cool. Okay. So I had a whole slew of questions that I was like, that'd be great task, but whatever. That's just, you are a podcast host who could just literally, I mean, this is just, this is funny because I'm like the structure of this off the rails, but like, Mm. we don't need the structure. So this is good. good. Yeah, we're good. But I want to ask you then based on where you've been these past handful of months going through this journey of your own, of taking a look at some of the shit you didn't want to take a look at. And then also, not just that, but but in life in general, when you look at 2023, as we're just now entering a new year for you, you wrote a book three years ago. You've mm. been in the wellness space for a number of different years. You've been in the space for a while as a, as a professional. You started your podcast eight years ago. What are you most excited about, most looking forward to? What are you planning to focus on for yourself in 2023? Well, I think that the big thing for me presently, thanks for asking is organization and consolidation, I think definition and structure and all of that to what I offer. I think that that's something that's an, an, an easy thing and, and also valuable, I think, especially like through one's 20s. doesn't need to be one's 20s, but maybe someone's literal or metaphoric 20s uh-huh. to kind of explore like the poo-poo platter of the world and not be overly defined, you know, and not be like, cool, I'm a veterinarian, you know, through and through, that's who I am. That's my identity. Like, done. We did it. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, are you anything else? Like, nope, veterinarian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. I just love that you called it a poo poo platter. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, it was poo poo platter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. <laughs> I think there's value in being like, man, I don't really know what I am. Uh-huh. I don't really know, like, what my highest purpose or calling or. You know, my, my, uh, oh, what do they call that? Not kintsugi. What's the term, the Japanese word for like your reason for being? Murakabi or whatever. Mur- that's Murakabi. That's a different word. Shoot, there's a word for this. I am so sorry. I'm Son quite of a literally gun. no help on it's this. It's your reason for being. And it's a Japanese word, kind of like kintsugi. People listening are like, bro, come on. We all know what this is. I don't think a person needs to find that throughout their 20s. I think the actual value in being a generalist, you know, and you can say this from an athletic perspective as well. Wayne Gretzky, you know, arguably one of the greatest hockey players of all time, mm-hmm. he suggests one of the worst things that happened in the NHL was having indoor ice rinks because now suddenly these players that were really these like really complex, adaptive 
multifaceted athletes suddenly just become kind of like single gear ice hockey players. Mm-hmm. Your whole life, you just specialize in being an ice hockey player. Mm-hmm. You see that with youth, if they get excessively specialized into golf, tennis, whatever the thing is, sure. oftentimes one, they might just burn out or as well, they might end up leading to injuries because sure. they haven't really adapted their full musculoskeletal nervous system sure. for broader adaptation. Yep. Anyways, so I think that there's there's value in that. And then there's also value in starting to cultivate and come to a point of like, we're starting to come to a place of like, what do I actually do? Mm-hmm. And so we just created, we've been working on it for the last year, but we're releasing the, it's called the Align Method online program. And so all energy has been going towards that right now. Okay. And I'm very excited about that. You know, so, so with, within that, what's so exciting about me, about that for me, other than I just think it's awesome, is it gives me purpose. Uh-huh. It gives me very defined, like I'm, I'm very much like a golden retriever. And if I don't have a Frisbee to run after, mm-hmm. I can like get real uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think for a good chunk of my life, I've kind of had like lots of Frisbees, you know, like, you know, Frisbee-ish devices. Yeah. And sometimes I get a Frisbee for a while and then I'm yeah. like, cool, okay, I got the Frisbee. What yeah, do I do now? And so right now my present Frisbee is like, okay, let's make this program as supportive and impactful as humanly possible Mm -hmm. and like the highest expression of of what I can offer and really encapsulate the things that I've learned over the last eight years of the podcast and 20 years working with clients and how do I put that all of the mistakes that I've made over the years with myself and clients and my life and save people that 20 years Mm -hmm. of their own experience Mm -hmm. in the span of a six-week program and so that's that's what we did. Okay. I'm very excited about it. There's a free trial and it's something I'm really, that would be my main focus right now. Okay. Uh. That comes out January 15th to the public, right? Yeah. And yeah. this episode will be out on G- January 10th. So five days after this episode goes live, then you're. Yeah. Yeah. The fir- yeah. So the first one, we're going to a, a live cohort. So I'll be going on calls at the end of each week with everybody, which is exciting. Yeah, so if people understand that, that's at alignpodcast.com slash AMP. And the first week is free in that you get a movement assessment. So you figure out like where the heck are you in your uh-huh. own movement experience. And also we I share five what I consider to be fundamental mobility practices, pretty much techniques that you would learn from any like really good physical therapist or manual therapist. But instead of them doing the things to you, it's like you just need to know how to do these with yourself. Mm-hmm. So that part's free. Yeah. So I'd recommend people check that out. And then um, the rest of the program's good. It goes through a lot of good stuff. I won't get into all the details. Yeah. Okay. So before we wrap, and I'll have you touch on where they can find you and support you, but I always like to ask, what are three things that you are grateful for today? My health, I think, would probably be the big one. That's something that I think can so easily go get like pushed under the rug of like, yeah, whatever I can breathe, you know, or I can like walk. Like it's a very big deal. Yes, it is. <laughs> like it's a very big deal. I'm thinking I'm very grateful for what feels like growth of through discomfort. And I feel like I've navigated through some discomfort. I'm feeling as though like more comfortable in myself as a product of the discomfort, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny how that works. So I feel in that way, I was like taking a walk this morning and I was like, bro, like you're doing, you're not doing a bad job, bro. Yeah. Like you got like most categories of your life are actually like pretty alrighty. Yeah. So just having moments of reflection of like, cool, like good job. Like they think that's something that in like the self deprecatory world that like culture loves self deprecation. Sometimes I think within that it can be, you can feel almost like unsafe or like not appropriate to like occasionally give yourself a little slap on the butt or a fist bump like bro yeah fucking good job dude yep like you're doing good yep i love you yeah, yeah. you should do that you should do that <laughs> like, all the you're time. not good you like you can do, do better like, you can always do better but right. like this is good you know like i accept you yes um, if happiness is not in the present moment then where is it yeah i mean yeah, I mean, yeah if it's always gonna be like i'm happy when then you're that's the operating system is i'll be happy when so it's figuring out like okay you have everything you'll ever need to be happy right now, I promise you. Mm-hmm. Everything you need. Accept mm-hmm. that if you're willing to accept that or entertain that idea. And now build off of that. Mm-hmm. Now get that money. Yeah. Get that girlfriend. Get right. that boyfriend. Right. Get that job. Get that six pack. But you have everything you need to be happy right now. Yeah. Now we build from there. Yeah. Compared to this 
deep like gnawing sensation under your skin of like oh, okay oh, okay i need this i need this it's like yeah. it's not the vibe in my opinion was that three no that's two but i talked a lot i talked a lot so it felt like five no nah, give me one more uh, i'm just grateful for the weather <laughs> i love weather no this is funny because i have like three written down for yeah. myself because yeah. i often will write them down for samesies in the morning and two of the three now you gotta make you like mine's warm weather yeah. Discomfort equals growth. Oh shit, you know it's right here. Oh, that's so no, funny. but that's all right. I'll that's just true. I'll find something else. So yeah, we're good. I, I beat you to it. Yeah. Beat you to the punch. Yeah. Yeah, I like I'm big weather guy. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well I'll just hijack that one then and go ahead and say that like seeing the sun yeah. and the idea that it's literally the beginning of January and we're just like bopping around in like tank tops and shorts. Like yeah, we're bopping. I'll be be bopping. Yeah, we'd be bopping out here. <laughs> so that'll be one for me too. And then another one I'll I'll pivot away belonging and like for me it's such a special experience i look at the last couple of years of life and i like wrote that love letter to 2022 that i posted whatever but just really kind of doing that reflection and thinking about life and how it's been over the last couple of years and i just have so much gratitude for the fact that like today here now i feel like i belong i feel like there are a lot of people around me who see and support me and that's a really special gift because I can't say that I always felt that way. And I don't have certainty about tomorrow, right? But I'm just grateful to get to feel that right now. That feels really good. That feels really peaceful. That feels like a lot of that hard ass work that I did start doing a couple of years ago is like paying off. Mm. And I want to keep doing the work. I, love that. I don't want to lose that. I want to keep doing the things that I need to do day in, day out to, to get to feel that. But that's a special thing. So, and then, and then my third is just that we kind of touched on this earlier, but I'm grateful for the fact that in my upbringing, I had a grandmother who taught me a diverse vocabulary. Mm. And just because I do feel like being able to articulate your experiences or just understand things is a real gift. And that's a gift that that woman gave me. I love that. And so I'm grateful for that. So, other than that, where can they find you, support you? Let them know. If you just type a line podcast into the internet, that would be the place. So there's a podcast and I share regularly on the social media in the form of YouTube and Instagram predominantly. Yep. And then, yeah, we have a, well, I mean, you don't want to, I don't want to share too much. I think the program is the thing that I'm really the most excited about. Yeah. And then from there, obviously there's links to all the places. So if you want to go deeper in this conversation, we didn't really talk. And this, this is a common trend with me in most recorded conversations, i.e. interviews, where we talk about like everything except for the kind of like fitness, <laughs> self-care movement yeah. oriented aspects, because I just, there's other things that I'm really excited about in conversation. Mm -hmm. But if you are interested in physicality and sorting out your joints and recovering full functional range of motion and yep. relieving pain and just like longevity and all that stuff, like understanding how to move well in your body, I think mm -hmm. is something that is kind of like a mysterious thing for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You're like, am I doing it right? For sure. I just don't know if I'm like, I need someone to like, tell me this is how it is like, that's what the program does. It's like a user's manual. Like this is a staple for how you're doing it right. Yep. And providing the tools to be able to work with yourself and such. So that's at alignpodcast.com slash AMP, which stands for alignment the program. I think that's my thing. He is an AA Ron, Aaron. AA Ron. He is an AA Ron. <laughs> and also, can confirm just based on the fact that we have a tendency to train in the same spaces together pretty regularly. He does actually move well. So putting it on, put on the gram. <laughs> I like doing the gram during conversation. During, in the middle. Okay. So I just want to confirm that through those methods that he's speaking about and through his programs that I've seen him move oh, and he seems very in tune with his body and he can move very well. He's very bendy, very flexible. And also his aesthetics are good. So you could probably pick up a few nuggets that you'd like for yourself. So well, very kind of you. That's just that's just facts. I just be speaking facts. Very sweet. So eh, you know. All right. You and then then we're wrapping with just guys. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you would please follow it wherever you're consuming it, rate and review the show, and share it with somebody that you feel like it's going to positively impact in some way. So other than that, we hope that you have a beautiful day. <laughs>